Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Halima and Simran, and we're all very cold. Hi, guys. Freezing Baltic. You know, Halima, how you always moan about the weather. Like, yeah. I'm actually, like, you actually have an excuse to now. Like, <laughs> you know what? I saw on Twitter, like, yesterday, someone tweeted, like, where are all the winter over summer people now? And I wanted to tag you in yeah. it. Go on, defend your season. Go on. I have never said that I prefer winter over summer. I've just said that there are some nice elements to it. And I would still stand by the fact that if you can afford to put the heating on and be all nice and cozy then it is nice to be nice and cozy and that, that feeling is amplified by the fact that it's literally freezing outside below freezing like right now the thing that the thing that's not nice is me going out of the house at like 8 a.m yesterday and it being minus four degrees like oh, literally what I feel like it's come out of nowhere. Like this year, everyone was like, hee hee, global warming, hee hee, global warming. It's so, it's so warm, it's so warm. And literally overnight, it's gone Baltic. Like that's scary because it was 40 degrees in the UK a few months ago. It is mad. It's, I heard on the radio as well, um, we're still on track for this year to be the hottest year on record, I think. But that's obviously, yeah. But obvious, like, but but then this month now that we're in is the coldest month since February twenty twenty one. So it's like we've gone from hottest year on record to now being coldest month in like over a year. You so in Manchester, it's supposed to snow this week, like today, tomorrow. I, I don't know. Horrendous. I just think, I think it's disgusting. I think it's horrible. I think it's it hurts. It's painful. The cold is painful. And I think the thing that hurts the most out of everything is that I shouldn't be here. Why Why am I having to withstand this? Look at me. Do Do I look like I am made? We had this conversation in the weather. car. When I dropped her home from yours last week, we had this whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, because I go around and I, and, I, and I look at everyone, I'm thinking, you lot that are in your big coats freezing, you lot should be freezing. But me, do I look like I should be freezing? Do I look like... I'm supposed to be withstanding minus... Look at me. Do I look like I'm made for minus four degrees? Maybe you could be, like, from the mountains in Nepal or something. Even there, it's hot. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm not supposed to be here. I just think, like, this... Britain's, like, terrible weather. It has to be some kind of colonial retribution. But then I think, God, what did I do? You know that 50 cent meme? Why are you bringing me into it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, God, why are you bringing me into it? These people are being punished. What did I do? In the, words, in the words of um, EDL, why don't you leave then? Oh. Good question. I question it every day. And if ticket prices weren't so extortionate, I would not be here right now. Mm-hmm. It's um, For me, it's ice on the car. That is when I know I'm in that point where I've had enough of it. Because I was low-key enjoying it this year. um, Because you can dress really cute when it's cold. I realise I've got so much appreciation for, like, looking cute when it's cold. Now, I don't care. I don't care. I want to be warm again. It's really hard, like, the first, when you first get into the car, 
like in the morning and, and the car's been out in the cold overnight, I feel like it's colder in there than it is outside and it takes yeah. over your car to like heat up properly. Yeah. Yeah. My God. But I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get sick soon. I can already feel it. And that's the worst thing. I hate being sick. Like, it's just. Have you had the flu this year already? No, but I got my flu jab a couple of weeks ago. So we'll this, see how that plays out. No, this year's flu has been like very COVID adjacent. Everyone has been sick. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. ill and everyone's got like a really bad cough. No, the strain this year has been really bad. Like you lot, like my cough, it took me, I feel like it's gone now, but it took me ages to get rid of that cough. And I got ill twice in like three weeks. It's horrible. It wasn't nice as well, like when I was actually ill. So oh. similar. Also, I don't know if you guys have clocked onto this. You probably have, but work were giving out free flu jabs. And I was like, oh my God, sick, free flu jab, give it to me. And then my friend was like, you know, they just do that. So you don't go off sick with the flu. <laughs> like later on they, they do it to be nice but like it's just so you work more and i was like i got scammed yes yeah, even why offices have like relaxation room and sleep pods and free food they don't want you to leave what do you mean they're like they're supplementing what should be like your outside private life into like your work life into the literal office space they don't want you to go nowhere sleep pods why are you not sleeping at work and this Everything is what they don't tell a you. Secret capitalist agenda. And this is what they don't tell you in an occupational psychology degree. You think I would know, right? Mm-hmm. I suppose it's even more easy for them to kind of do that sort of thing now as well, seeing as it's a lot more like hybrid, like people work from home and stuff. Like it it the one downside of it is that it's a lot easier for them to like eat into your actual life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. That was the whole point of my dissertation. That's literally all it revealed was that, especially during COVID, but even the effects have carried on, people were overworking so, so, so much because they had nothing else to do and they were at home. So people were doing like crazy hours. I think someone said they did a hundred hours, like two weeks in a row. Like it was just crazy. It's really hard to have that separation between like, because at least when you're in the office, once you leave the office, like that's, there's a like a physical kind of distinction between work and and uh, like your personal private life whereas if you're working from your bedroom and your laptop is there all the time sometimes like work companies do expect you to just continue working that's why like my desk is in my room but i've never worked here because i don't like working in the same room that my bed's in i'll go and do it on the sofa which is not good it's really bad for your sleep actually one and plus side to the whole um working from home thing though is the um lack of commute i think does it can add like two plus hours onto your day like you know what i mean don't get me wrong there's many benefits (laughs) of working from home which i i'm not at liberty to divulge right here right now in case um certain people are listening but there are many benefits don't get me wrong Mm. you guys should actually just read my paper because that's just what you what's been said in that like literally the whole thing just relays this whole conversation i'll read the abstract on conclusion all right <laughs> no that's what um i used to do like just kind of like oh, read yeah. both and then skim through everything else no, i'll tell you what you do you you find out whatever topic you i will i will tell you lot as a person who did two degrees and never read anything yeah you yeah. read sorry no you identify whatever team te- themes topics or whatever you get the paper up Control F keyword. That's yeah. it. Oh yeah, that's what you do. I don't think. No, I hope no one from my uni is listening to this. But like, I don't think I've read a paper front to back ever. Maybe not even more than like a page of it. Well, 
They're going to take your degree back. <laughs> they can't. He's going to flog us. It's too late. Flog us. This kind of um, has reminded me, though, of a trending topic at the moment, which is this whole um, idea of, um, what's it called, artificial intelligence. Oh, um, you've seen all these pictures. I'm in two, everyone's doing. Yeah, I'm in two minds about it because obviously, um, like, some of it looks cool. I mean, why wouldn't it look cool? Like, it's like drawing pictures of yourself. But then I'm seeing a lot of people sharing the fact that it's like, like with a lot of stuff to do with artificial intelligence, if a computer can do this, it means that digital artists are going to be out of work. Like, you know what I mean? Um, that and also, guys, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but watch the capture on BBC. Okay, listen, I know we talk about Bad Vibes Island all the time, and but however, I am a reasonable woman, and I do give credit where credit's due. In the past, I have spoken about the beauty of scones and clotted cream and jam and today i will offer yet another co uh, concession to british culture which is the brits really know how to do a great crime drama i'll give them that i love a good old british crime drama so the capture on the bbc it's all about like i, I don't want to give it away but it's really 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 fantastic and it is all about like tech and how it can and politics and falsifying identities. There we go. <laughs> it's genuinely riveting. It's so good, guys, watch it. But that's why I'm like, when everyone's doing this, I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's nice. He he, fun, cute. Excuse me, they've not got your your facial data. Not oh, that it makes exactly. not that it makes any difference because me every time I'm on my iPhone, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you let me in. But still, come on. I just, when I saw it, the first thing I thought was like, if you've spent, I don't know, years doing digital art and like you finally like blown off it because obviously now it's a big thing. Like that just makes your whole thing redundant. Now an AI can do it in three seconds on an app and they can give you like 12 different themes in one go. Like, I, you know, I've seen people like upload slideshows of all the different ones the app generates for them. That might take someone a week to create. I don't know. But like, now what? Now, now an AI does it and someone's out of a job. That's really, yeah, I mean, that's that's literally how like all industries are becoming now, right? Like more- It is like, it's scary. Like I saw this TikTok comment and it was, I can't remember what it was about. It wasn't this art thing. It was something else to do with AI. And someone commented and they were like, Black Mirror was a warning, not an instruction manual. Yeah, 100, yeah. 100. But it's, yeah. honestly, it's the same in, in every, every industry as they're becoming more and more like digitalized or like, they're replacing literal humans with machinery, right? Exactly. That is, that is kind of what happened like decades and decades and decades ago. Like, I don't know too much about Oh, that. yeah, yeah. But, like, the industrial you know, like, revolution, automation yeah. of things like when, when like the industrial revolution happened and stuff like that, like a lot of people lost jobs, but then it created other jobs. But then these jobs are so highly skilled, like tech and computer science and like software engineering and stuff. So I feel like a lot of people in like different classes are going to be out of a job here. That's what it is. That's the, you've like... Call me queen, come on, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, it's actually, it's, it, it's, it's, it's 100% a capitalist and a Marxist issue because it's kind of like, it's not just that people will become redundant with increasing automation of like industries. It's that only a certain class of people will become redundant. And it is the, 
um, the blue collar workers, the manual laborers, the unskilled worker that we call it, right? Because the people that are creating the technology, they're gonna be in a job for, for forever. They're even more in demand. Look at the boom of the tech industry. And we, and we know that it's, it's people who have kind of certain accesses to certain resources and certain educations that can go and get these jobs. You know, your average working class person will not be able to, or, or will find it infinitely much more difficult to go get a job in the tech industry than they would working in a factory, for example. And, and there are certain industries that align with certain class positions that certain class demographics rely on. Um, like it, it does worry me because it just feels like, is everything gonna become like the metaverse and Facebook? You know, you see like on TikTok, I think we've spoken about this before, before but people that, uh, post their like day in the life at working oh I just go to the arcade then I go take a nap in the sleep pod then I eat my free meal like they work at Google right like and they like have these like crazy ridiculous jobs that like, their day-to-day is just crazy um, no, Sorry, go on. it just makes me think is that going to be like more more and more normal now you know what I saw the other day on TikTok do you guys know Tuvalu it's like it's a it's a Pacific island. I was gonna I was gonna talk about this yeah did you see it where they go on where they basically because of climate change the country is like going to go underwater i think or something like basically no one's come to save it and there's like indigenous populations there and the um someone basically gave a speech in the metaverse saying that the whole country is going to be digitized in the metaverse and that's how they're preserving it they're going to make it like an artifact and an example of like climate change and that's how the people that, are, that live there are now going to live their lives in the metaverse yeah like it's, it's he literally in his speech he came forward i think it was like the prime minister or president or, or someone and he came forward and he was like tuvalu is going to be the world's first digital nation or digitized nation uh, and it's scary, firstly, because of what it is, but secondly, that he said the first, because this will not be the last. And like, I don't know, it's a topic that's a, that's a little bit like close to me because Bangladesh is obviously in a, also in a very, very similar position where we're also set to be underwater in the next 30 years because of, I guess, like, God. yeah, because we're very flat. Um, <clears throat> and it, I don't know, like I'm in two minds about it. I don't. I don't know, I need to read more into it. I need to kind of like get my head around it a little bit more. But like, I don't know, on the one hand, initially I was like, this is terrifying. But it was, it was like I saw Oh, sorry, go on. But also it's kind of like, wait, maybe this isn't such a bad thing though, because it's it's kind of like, okay, somewhere like Tuvalu, for example, they're, they're like one of the world's smallest like populations, one of the world's smallest country anyway. Um, and like Simran said, it's an indigenous, it's an indigenous culture. Um, so it's not like, and, and indigenous cultures are always facing resistance to preservation anyway. So maybe like this, this is kind of like democratized almost a way of preserving because we know that the climate climate crisis is, um, uh, is does discriminate and it is kind of poorer countries in the global south that disproportionately bear the brunt of uh, the climate crisis even though they contribute less to it right um and maybe this is now potentially a way to kind of like democratize you know some of that that effect and and make and, and give away for those countries who would otherwise literally lose their country their culture their people that are all pivoted on this land give them a way to like preserve it you know because 
preservation i'll tell you one thing like preservation of history and culture of of of, of like a of a subdued group of people is very difficult i'm saying that as someone who did a master's a, a research master's and tried to do field work and really struggled to find um because i mine was on indigenous people in bangladesh and i really struggled to find information and research research on these people because it's just it wasn't digitalized like the rest of you know the subcontinent for example i mean like i do i do get that like i do see why they're doing it and that will be interesting because obviously if the island goes underwater then historians in like what however many years are never going to know that it have really existed without something like this but i saw a comment and it was basically like stuff like this just offsets even more blame onto the countries that are causing these because it's giving people a way out so like oh all these islands can go underwater we're just going to stick them in the metaverse so all these poor people that can't afford to like put things in place to battle the climate crisis that they didn't contribute to are now getting forced into the hands of mark zuckerberg mm, exactly this is the thing that i was thinking like yeah this is good for preserving history but then who's the person that's actually writing it that's benefiting as well like in the process i know that's the other side that i was going to say i genuinely would not be surprised if when creating the metaverse this was a consideration for sure i just it's scary it's really really scary yeah i don't know it's it's them ones in it you really just because i think inherently like as a self-contained idea it's it's fantastic like it allows if the climate crisis or certain effects of it are now inevitability, it does allow like a more democratized preservation of indigenous cultures and subdued cultures. But like you guys said, do you trust the metaverse and the founders and the keepers of the metaverse to to be custodians of that culture and history and digital footprint? And the answer is no, we don't. It's just like, but the, the, it's kind of, the thing that worries me the most is like how because of stuff like this the metaverse will be forced onto people like there is no option to like have a real life life anymore it's like the metaverse or nothing it's bolstering it absolutely on that note let's play a bit of music yes guys what's good you tuned into mango masala pi radio south asian show my name's gerns i'm here with halima and simran hi guys i'm doing a mukbang right now i'm taking an embarrassingly long time to eat my food no. I really want to be done at this point and I'm trying to like eat it and not talk and yeah it's just a bit of a mess so I'm really jealous of your McDonald's I went for the halal special got a fillet of fish yeah I'm not necessarily um so jealous about the fillet of fish why what's your Matthews order uh it's not like it, Nando's where you get the same thing every time a bit I really? tend to I like getting the variety I like getting I like getting a double quarter pounder like with cheese, that's good. I used to get Big Macs all the time, and then I realized that quarter pounder actually tastes better. No one says that. No, like <laughs> it is like it's proper cheeseburger, and then I like just get some chicken nuggets as well. But I also like chicken legend with barbecue sauce. Let's so, not get it twisted. If anyone does not like fillet of fish, they are Islamophobic. So I didn't. I didn't Careful. say I don't like it. It's yeah, just it is stupid. It's one of those things, right? Like when, do you remember when, okay, three things. Slander for the fillet of fish, slander for bounty chocolate and slander for the Brummy accent. They just came out of nowhere. Okay, the bounty, I can't stand by. I like Brummy, so yeah, I could stand by even though the accent is a bit somehow. And fillet of fish, I will die by. Simran, top tip, you need to ask them for extra tartar. Always say fillet of fish, extra tartar. But you know, cause like no one really gets fillet of fish. No, it, no sucks. it always comes out dead fresh. It's true. It's true. So, Simran, how was your Christmas 
work party last night. The corporate world is a madness. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I have heard things about Christmas parties. I think I might have said this to you guys like off air, whatever, but I was nervous for this Christmas party. Like just because everyone had uh, warned me about it. Like people were just like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Like every every office Christmas party goes off and they did not lie. It went off. We got thrown out at the end because um, everyone jumped on stage, including me, um, and like was dancing. And they what did you guys do? What was what was your? It was at the V and A, right? So proper fancy. I've never. I don't think I've ever been before. Um, so fancy. Oh, let me actually put in a little side story. So we could explore quite a bit, like all the sculptures, and there were loads of paintings and stuff, which I didn't. I wasn't expecting. So me and my friend. Um, tried to go through this door because we thought people were coming out of there went through and this woman came and she was like um doors are shut for a reason turn around turn around like as like as if it was school and I was like those are stop from my you we you want to talk about who can go and look at those artifacts let's start with give them back to me I'm here to take them back India. <laughs> what do you mean coming to look at them I'm here to take them back put them in my they back closed. they were closed in India <laughs> jokes I was not having it. I was so mad. <laughs> Slightly, I can't lie. You're the VNA. So for those who who don't know, it's the Victoria and Abdul Museum. Or is Abdul not Albert? <laughs> There's. Did you see that on purpose? <laughs> you know that film, Victoria and Abdul. You know that film. No. You know the film, right? There's a film called Victoria and Abdul. And I can't lie, the, the idea of a Victorian Albert Museum and the idea of a film called Victorian Abdul are as equally as absurd to me. Sorry, I got confused. Regardless, for those who don't know, the VNA is the Victorian Albert Museum. Um, and I've never been in. Uh -oh. I've never been. Apparently, I've heard like from people that like, there have been like good exhibitions and stuff like that, and I've never been because I just refuse to step foot in a museum filled with artifacts from different countries, but it's called Victoria and Abdul. Albert. Albert! <laughs> I, couldn't, I, thought, I thought it was like a bit at first. I was like... <laughs> I mean, I mean, not heard of the film. It's a film, it's the most ridiculous film about Queen Victoria and her Indian butler called Albert and their unlikely friendship and yeah mm -hmm. real real true story slave and slave and master yeah cool let's make a, a film about their friendship mm -hmm. it's the mo yeah british media is just absurd have you not run out of ideas anyway Sorry. party was crazy london finance bros free alcohol i think it's just a really crazy combination and people yeah. were just on one like yeah we got we work there, hard play like, hard like you know we'll see the definition of work hard play hard go to a corporate party i asked a lot of people for financial advice oh that, that was my goal i was like i'm gonna i've got a zoom meeting with one he was like i'm gonna tell you everything like what savings accounts to make and stuff and i was like oh. slay um, it was great. Everyone was drinking. Simon was out here making moves. Come on. Oh, come on. No, because I didn't even really drink that much because I was like, I'm going to be professional baddie. Drink enough to get confident to ask people these questions and book my Zoom meetings, but like not enough to do anything stupid because I saw some things. Mm. People were doing stupid things. A lot of people fell over, <laughs> first of all. Like kind of everywhere you look, someone was on the floor. <laughs> wow. 
and um uh a couple of times people a lot of people had um let's just say the makeup of somebody else on their face <laughs> a lot wow office goss there's nothing quite like it and i was just like scandalous what is going on it just it like it, it it went from very classy drinks reception like so cute and classy nice vna blah 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 to first year uni very yeah these lot the, the when you know when they're working like eight 12 hour days this is what they're doing this is how they're letting off steam should have got more involved simran no i'm very happy not in your first year not in my first year i wanted to just be like there just there yeah i just did my own thing but um yeah the people did not lie when they said these events are a bit insane madness but yeah like those i always find it weird when events like regardless of the whole like being in a museum full of stolen artifacts but (laughs) just being in like anything like that in the first place like i i went to like an event like a party at um the imperial war museum like near trafford center and it was just like full on like nice drinks party floor everything all like that and there's just this massive tank in the middle of it do you know what i mean it's just like what, like, what? the vna i get because there's a lot of empty space where you could have a party when people get married in the natural history museum do they get married in the room with the big t-rex yeah why would you sorry to anyone that has ever done that but personally yeah, I always found that like what get married with a dinosaur fossil fossil that's what I'm saying unless you're a paleontologist or a dinosaur enthusiast <laughs> it's gonna be Nilla Nilla's gonna be doing that why oh because she loves dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah you're talking oh down on it. yeah okay she's allowed because she loves yeah, dinosaurs unless you're a dinosaur enthusiast I'm partial to a dinosaur but like not to the point where, like, I want to get married with a big skeleton in the same room. Yeah, do you know what it is? It's because it's architecturally very beautiful space. And, like, when... Take the dinosaur out of it. It is a nice... Can't. Thing, you can't take the dinosaur out of it. Metaphorically and physically, you can't take the dinosaur out. Like, I was saying this to my friend, and she was like, yeah, like, it's literally literally the elephant in the room. The dinosaur in the room, absolutely, it's and it's massive and it's overhanging. Tyrannosaurus Rex. I couldn't think of anything more random to put in your wedding venue. I hear that. In the Natural History Museum, yeah, that's where it belongs. But why? <laughs> going back to the, um, going back to the other events of Simran's week, Fred again. <laughs> How did I forget? Oh my god, guys. I'm gonna um compile a list of my concerts, like rated, I think, and I'll like share it. Um, but I think he's tied number one with Travis Scott uh, 2016 Brixton show. As in the best live performance that you've been yeah. to. Yeah. Um Not for you. It was okay, okay. Did I say this? I can't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I voice noted you guys. Um I have said this on the show like three times now, but like he's refreshed music for me in that you can just tell he cares about it so much. Like it's the first artist in a long time I've heard that you can hear the passion, like you really can. And on the voice note, I said to you guys, like you've never seen anyone press buttons more passionately. And it's true, because he was pressing them buttons. It was, it was such an experience. It was so emotional. We were right at the front, 
which I wasn't expecting, but we were literally right up at, at the barrier. Um, and it was so like interactive in a way. And like, if you have like stalked his YouTube, he does a lot of like um, hour long like sets and shows, but they're not like crazy DJ like uns uns or whatever. They're just like piano and vibes and like really, really like nice music. And it was kind of just like watching that live. And so I've seen James Blake before and James Blake, blew my mind when I saw him absolutely blew my mind because he was like on stage producing and the light show everything was insane it was like very similar to James Blake and that you were just watching art happen instead of just someone up there either lip-syncing or just singing a song with a whole band doing all the work it was just him microphone machine set piano like he was doing it all it was it was just insane like it was honestly yeah probably one of the best concerts definitely one of the best concerts I've ever been to I I would Happily, happily, happily go see him again. 10 out of 10. It's so nice though, isn't it? Because like, obviously you're a massive fan before you went. And sometimes it does happen where you're a massive fan of an, of an artist and you go and like the life that just, it's just not adding up. Yeah, you know, like slightly, it's like never meet your heroes, but it's, it's very reassuring and reaffirming. Like, yep, yeah, I'm definitely a fan. It was just so sweet. And actually this is kind of one thing as well. I wanted to get your opinion on it because I don't really have an opinion, but as someone who knew him pre-Boiler Room and was a fan pre-Boiler Room, everyone there was like a Boiler Room and Onwards fan, which I don't have a problem with because you're still a fan at the end of the day, like you're still appreciating what he's done and he blew off Boiler Room so he deserves his flowers and this is the flowers, you know what I mean? But then do you think there's some level of like, oh, you know, like those that, you know, no one knew him from before Boiler Room, like... I'm not going to lie, me, I'm very... um competitive I like to be the first I like to be pioneer so I, I will was... let everyone know I will literally walk around and tell everyone you don't belong here I belong here I need him first I like him more I love him more no no I get I do get that I like kind of suppressed it but at the same time I didn't really care because like I was speaking to people and they were like oh another thing the crowd was amazing vibes like I think oh that makes a big difference in the show his his music and the way he performs is so emotional that I think you kind of bond with the people that like him that much to the point where like you're all here for like a reason like you all love him a lot like I spoke to people so our tickets were 40 quid or something some the people behind us in the queue pay 230 pound each goodness gracious you know what I need to listen I'm going to give us Amber a listen like yeah yeah listen to it but like that's that's a crazy amount of money for like any artist right mm-hmm. um but yeah the crowd was so sweet but I was speaking to people and I did say like oh so are you here because of the boiler room are you here or did you know about him like before and everyone said boiler room and I was just like well I was here before <laughs> what do you think Carlos? I, I think it I think ultimately like is it's fine because people that came to know him of him through the boiler room at least like he is blowing up and that's better for him and his career i think as long as it's like the people who were the og fans get the respect and access that they deserve i think it's fine like you know what i mean like it's fine for there to be people there who have only caught on once like he's you know what i mean the people that have if you like a fan, you should be happy for their success. It's kind of similar to what I was saying, like about Tyler, the creator revolving. Like if you like Tyler as a person, you're happy for him. You don't care that it's not Goblin or anything, like anything back in the day, any of those songs that he's just doing Flower Boy and whatever, like what he's doing now. And you're just happy for that. So it's like, okay, yeah, I might've liked him pre-Boiler Room, but these are his flowers. 
you know like this is why and you should yeah. be happy that you blew up i think the point at which you would be annoying is like for example like i i would say that i, I wouldn't say I'm one of the like the first fans but i've definitely been a big supporter of flow since the beginning and they've obviously blew up this year um and they released their debut single in like springtime 2022 um and recently obviously got tickets to see them next year but um if i hadn't managed to get tickets i think i then i would have been annoyed but like not not at them obviously but just in general because it's like obviously they've blown up and i'm really happy for them and i'm happy that they are getting the dessert um the love and support that they deserve but I would have been annoyed if I hadn't been able to get tickets, seeing as I've literally been obsessed with them since day dot. You know what I mean? So, mm. yeah. But there's no way to control that. It's just is what it is. I'll tell you one thing. The real enemy here is not the new fans versus the old fans. It is the resellers. Mm, definitely. definitely. Well, £230 for tickets that sold for 35 or 40 I'm talking about the people who are concertedly resellers, as in, like, they go buy beer tickets so that they could be the ones to sell them for extortionate amounts. Who can be bothered? Like, Bear like, that. <laughs> like, like why? Because they, they actually make bank. Imagine if you're, what, how much is that one ninety profit for one ticket? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I will give, like, credit to Ed Sheeran for. He did that whole, like, ID thing for his concerts, where it's, like, it, you have to bring the ID of, like, who booked the ticket? Do you know what I mean? So oh, like, it's well, a still, you know, yeah. It's, uh, in um, America, Taylor Swift fans have sued Ticketmaster for um same thing, like surcharging ticket prices. Like there were some um ticket mm. prices that were going for like I can't remember the amount. Was it like twenty thousand or ninety thousand or Whoa. I don't know? I think yeah, once it gets past a certain point, it's just ludicrous. Isn't these it? boys bought their tickets off Ticketmaster resale, so that it was valid. Like, it wasn't even just random person shouting. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an actual, like, they're suing Ticketmaster now because what? they're like... The devil works hard, but Taylor Swift fans work harder. But you know what it should be? It should places like Ticketmaster, there should be some kind of mon- monitoring in place where yeah. they check how much it went for and they don't let you actually resell it for more than that. You know what yeah. I mean? No, that's exactly what the... That's what the, the problem is. It's unregulated, right? Like... Even if it's, you know what, like, I think I think the way it should be, it should just be, like, a certain percentage above um, market price or, or buying price or whatever, right? Like but Even why, like, it shouldn't be a business to, like, make money from it. It should just yeah. be, I bought tickets for the concert, I can't go anymore, I'm going to sell them on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that would be that would be ideal, but then I don't think they would even agree to that because they get, like, commissions and stuff, don't they, from tickets? Mm. Well then, they they should take that from. They should just take a certain percentage of the what they sell it for. Then and then the people that resell the tickets get less than what they paid for. Because ultimately, if you buy tickets and you can't go anymore, that is on you. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, that's my point. Like it's it's mad. Like, um, and at the minute it is absolutely unregulated, and that's why like Taylor Swift tickets were going for stupid money, and and the fans are actually suing them. Good for them. Oh, no. I'm not gonna lie, like, I have spent a ridiculous amount of money on concerts. Like, I think the most I've spent was probably Drake, and that was like upwards of £150 for like one ticket, which is ridiculous when you think about it. But then I think you weigh it up with like the artist and the yeah, I, was gonna say, I think for Drake, that wasn't that's not that that, that 
that at the time. But um, there are more now. This was a few years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, value for money on that concert, jeez, because um, he brought everyone out. Like sketch oh, yeah. Georgia Smith, Trey Songs, Nicki Minaj, like it was DBSN. Yeah. That's a festival, not a concert. That was, was a festival. Mad. Every other song was like a different artist. I was like, this is wait, insane. he brought all of them out. Yeah. Wow. So he did like three shows. When was it? It was no, no, he did um he did a lot, he did a lot of shows, right? But depending on what date you got, you yeah, got a wild yeah, experience. Because one of them, he brought out Jay Huss, first concert when he got out of prison, like literally yeah. he got out of prison. Um, and then another one was Travis Scott. You know when he falls down in the inside the hole in Autotune? Have you seen that video? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then a couple of them were like not so great. So I think there, there was my show, which I think is the best one. Um, and there was another one where I think it was like Section Boys. <laughs> and like, that's it. Yeah, he had a couple of shows where he brought out like literally an entire festival lineup. I'd be fuming if like I had one of the bad ones and then like the day after was like eight different people or yeah. J Huss. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. Same, same, same. But I think, I think that like that's a worthwhile thing to spend like even like just without the festival. It's I love concerts. I'm a concert girl. Yeah, it's an experience. I always say this, like, I'm actually, do you know what, like, as I, when I, like, first started getting money, like, my own money to spend, um, I used to be, like, I used to spend it on things, like, clothes, makeup, like, just bare things. As I'm getting older now, I don't buy things as much. I spend all my money, well, I spend all my money on, like, travelling. Mm. Great segue for the next section. But um, I spend all my money on experiences. Like, I will never say no to an experience because I'm like, it's it's, it's so worth it to me. Because yeah. it's memories that are like, you know. I agree. They become mm. core memories and like. Right. Well, on that note, we're going to play a bit of music. When we come back, Halima's going to tell us a bit about her travel stories that she's been waiting a while to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Yes, guys, what's good? You tuned into Mango Masala Pi Radio South Asian Show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Simran. Hello. And Halima, who's going to tell us finally about her summer, summer travel stories, seeing as it's so cold, we need to reflect. Yeah, on we've been doing that. Like, we've, we've been waiting to do a little recap for a while, but um, we just end up, we just don't have too much to talk about, guys. You know what I was thinking? What are your guys' is like? What is your top travel story? Wait, I'm on the spot now. You start and I'll think. Because you know me, yeah? Like, I, I, when I do, obviously, like, I go away a lot, but when I do, like, big backpacking trips, it's more time, like, with a handful of, like, my cousins. Um, and, I mean, you guys see me on Instagram. I think you have a bit of a sense of what my family dynamic is, i.e. everyone is just, it's... Everyone is just a ridiculous clown, basically. Wait, sorry, quick segue. Your story the other day killed me. Wait, which one? With your dad. <laughs> yeah. People are always telling me you don't need to have your own show. I'm like, I agree. I agree. And do you know what the thing is as well? Like, you not only see the thing that gets recorded, like, there's so much more that goes on in that house that it's, it's just... It's- oh, this is when you went out for dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, like, in that house, like, the family dynamic where I'm, like, it's just, it's mad content. But anyways, um, yeah, so with my family, so, like, everyone in my family is just a clown and everyone has, like, great sense of humour. We love to laugh and we love to just mess around and be silly little gooses. 
That's a mean reference. It's a mean reference. No one. Okay, no one understands. No, I I understand. I, really I just hate that video. <laughs> and do you know what? Like I was thinking of like so many of our like top travel stories. A lot of them, like I I don't I realize like now won't even translate to be like humorous because like you need to know the people involved and like need to know my family. But also I realize a lot of like the more interesting travel stories are not actually stories from when we're in a country but actually when we're traveling like when we're in transit right so like over summer i did a trip like around southeast africa and the journey there was literally it felt like an episode in a sitcom so it started off like because we flew basically we flew from london to saudi saudi to uh, nairobi and there was a family there um who it was a, a mom and she had five children all under the age of seven and she was doing the exact same journey as us by herself right so when we're now queuing up to get into the plane a little girl literally she's like a toddler runs between my legs like she's crawling there all the way you know when you're lining up to get on the plane they're all the way back there the family this girl has run away i had to, I had to grab her like catch her between my legs and give her back to her mom at the time i'm thinking because i love naughty kids so i'm like oh my god she's so funny she's so cute so now we're in saudi in our layover and they're sat in front of us waiting to board the plane i felt so bad for this mom tell me why so this daughter apparently she's got a running away tendency by this point of the journey she's lost a shoe this mom has got one daughter between her legs and then she's got one baby like an actual baby in her arm and she's got another son in her arms who's throwing up and she's catching she's trying to catch the vomit in her hand bro i thought that's it this is it auntie we're helping you so like obviously there's bare of us and like everyone in my family were really good with kids because we like we have we're around children all the time. All of us grew up one kid each. And like, we do the rest of the journey, like literally either holding a bag or holding a kid. Bless her, she was so sweet though. Like she was a Muslim woman and she kept turning to me and she kept being like, I don't know what to say to you guys. Like Jannah, Jannah, you guys need to go Jannah. I'm like, it's actually, it's all right, love. Like the baby turnover in my family is every six months. Like we're so used to naughty kids and like our parents having to do this journey ourselves. Um, so now we're in the final leg of this journey and we've like taken care of this woman. We've got her kids and everyone to sit down in their seats. And you know what? Side, side, little side note. I want to say, I don't know like if you guys travel to like the global South that often, um, but more time, like if you're traveling from the UK, there will be like a connecting flight um, and it will be like a big airline, Emirates, Qatar, Saudi, all of these airlines that, that usually you'd have to travel with. Um, and it's always the case where the plane going to the layover is like a nice swanky plane and the plane going from the layover to the the other country is is nonsense the amount of times <laughs> i'll get i'll get on like a fancy emirates double decker plane to dubai and then it's the dingiest plane to bangladesh from there it's ridiculous anyways um, and these people are paying the same ticket prices. It's not like it's yeah. some ticket price. Do you know what I mean? And you're giving them a, a nasty like plane from like 30 years ago that it's not like not yeah. Anyways, so now we're on this plane. <laughs> it's quite empty, so everyone like separates. Everyone sits by themselves, like to try and get some sleep. And I've got like a whole row to myself, so I like lie down. And all of a sudden I hear my sister talking like she, at, the, at my head and she's moved back to sit next to my cousin. And she's like, I need to sit here because a guy's taking photos of me. 
and I like oh, so obviously so another another insight like because when I travel with my cousins they're all my little sisters all of them so I'm the older one and I'm like all my, my parents my aunties my uncles they're all like you I'm letting these guys go because you're there you have to look after them if anything happens it's on you blah 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 so I'm always very kind of like I'm, I'm really protective of them anyway but especially when we're traveling I literally will like hold hands these are like 23 year old girls and I'm holding no one lied they're 23 year old girls and I'm holding their hands like bro you know what there was one point in the trip where I thought don't ever have little sisters all you do is just worry about them you know like 90% of the real estate in my head is just worrying about all the time not even on holiday all the time just worrying about my little sisters another side note sorry so my sister's now saying that she's moved seats because some random guy was taking photos of her and me that sister especially I'm really protective over so like I get up I'm like what, what did you just say and she's like there's a guy over there and he was taking photos of me apparently the guy was like slight she was trying to sleep and the guy was slightly taking photos of her and then she clocked and she was like what are you doing like stop and he was like please please, please just one photo just one photo like that and this guy's like a couple of seats behind me so I stopped up so guys like I'm not going to say this is the best way to handle things in it but sometimes when I get like Sometimes I kind of get a bit, bit confrontational. So I stand up and I'm like, we take a photos of my sister, like that. And then he's on like- an Yes, in an airplane. I stood up and he was a few rows behind as well. So I was shouting. I was like, were you taking photos of my sister? And then he's the guy, I think he was Nigerian. The guy was Nigerian. We're going to Kenya, but the guy was Nigerian. Um, and so he was very flamboyant and very, boisterous let's just say um and and it, it just ended up being a screaming match and he's like are you mad i'm like are you mad give me your phone now delete the phone i was screaming um and my cousin was like she was sleeping and it like it woke her up it annoyed me a bit sorry because the air staff didn't say or do anything anyways so I then kept trying to go back to sleep. And by the way, like this was a nighttime journey. So like I'm knackered. And every time I try to sleep, something or someone, this is literally like characteristic of being the older sibling, something or someone wakes me up because they need something. And then like, after all of this happened, I'm trying to go back to sleep again. And then one of my cousins from the other side of the plane, she's shouting at me. She's like, oh, how much longer? And literally I got fed up. I stood up and I started like throwing my hat again, throwing my hat. I felt like that whole plane was mine. Like I'm again, just throwing my hands up in the air, just shouting at him like, I would lose my mind. It felt like it was a sitcom. It felt like it was a sitcom. Do you know what? Let me even tell you something else. There was another time when we were traveling. This is how, how ridiculous these girls are. <laughs> One, so we were on a, it was a Qatar Airways flight back to London now, right? Um, and well, again, it's a pretty empty flight, so we're all separated. And then the air staff comes to my cousin and she, and it's like the meal time. So she's like, um, you know, I think she says it in a weird way because obviously they don't always speak English. And she was like, oh, um, do you, would you like to have some dinner right now? I think, I think she said, would you like to join, join us for dinner? That's how she said it. And my cousin, by, by the way, she's like what, 21, 22 at this, this age. She's so stupid. She thought the woman was asking if she wanted to go for dinner with her, like personally. So she stands up and she's like to the air hostess, you're gonna have to ask her. And she starts shouting at me. She's like, she this woman says, do I want to go for dinner with her? <laughs> she's like, the air hostess, you have to ask her permission. I'm 
like you're literally like what 21 22 year old girl and and you're you're you can't even answer the air host oh my god it was the most ridiculous thing it was hilarious though but um yeah that's what it's like traveling with little sisters you just constantly have to be on the lookout for them and there was another time as well where <laughs> we were traveling on a train oh my god this is this is in europe we were traveling on a train and we were all we had like what is one of those really old trains where there's carriage it like 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 cabins and we were like sleeping all sleeping in the cabin and then out of nowhere our friend who was traveling with us like i heard her shouting like what are you doing what are you doing a thief had broken into our cabin he was on the floor rummaging through my cousin's bag and then like i woke up like having heard what happened um and then again i just ended up having another screaming match with this guy and i was like i'm coming which is like, I was never gonna call the police. Um, but he was like, like begging, like, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, get out of here, don't let me see you again. And then afterwards, my sister, actually, do you know what, like, I get it. Like, she felt really bad for him. She was like, I feel really bad. We should have just given him, him something. Like, obviously he was stealing because he was desperate. Good time. But actually, there was another time as well where, this is now, this actually happened in Nairobi. Did I tell you, did I, have I said it on, on the show before about when I got mugged in Nairobi? Did you put it on your story? No, I didn't put it anywhere. No. I got no. mugged in Nairobi, guys. Um, basically, like, <clears throat> I'm a bit, I'm a bit silly because I'm a bit reckless and I'm a bit, I'm very fearless. I'm too fearless. Like, I don't really take precautions because I just think like, who's gonna do nothing to me? But um, obviously, like, as a Bengali woman, I wear a lot of gold. Um, and I did take some of my gold off before I, I went there, but I had like one name nameplate necklace, like like a lot of South Asian girls, like all Bengali people have it. And it's like a, it's like a, um, it's obviously it's solid gold. So like it costs a lot of money, but it's also a very, um, what do you call it? Sentimental thing. Everyone in my family has one. Like when we're born, that's what we get given. Um, like all the boys, my nephews, my nieces, across generations, everyone gets it, right? And I've had it since I was literally born um so i was wearing that and everyone else took theirs off but i was like and they're saying like listen it's, it's quite high crime like take it off like change such and ha happens all the time me i was like you lot are racist you think just because it's africa that there's gonna you're gonna get fucked running my mouth so now we're on this um walking tour and the tour guide we're in this area and the tour guide even he looks shook and even he says to me, take your necklace off. I'm thinking nothing's going to happen. My cousin turns to me, she's like, I beg you, just take it off, man. I didn't take it off. I just zipped my jacket up and I thought, mm, that's it, I'm safe. So the tour finishes and this tour guide is bare, like, he just looks really scared. Like, he's he just really on edge the whole time. After the tour ends, he, like, runs away. Like, he just leaves very quickly. <clears throat> Usually they sit around and chat with you. So then we go to dinner and we already were like, okay, we don't go out in the nighttime. Like, cause obviously we're a bunch of girls, we're by ourselves, it's a foreign country. Um, but we needed water. So we're like, the supermarket's a three minute walk. We're gonna walk, get water and take an Uber back to our apartment. Tell me why we're walking and literally I'm turning a corner. As I turn the corner, someone comes and snatches my necklace off me. And it's my name, my sentimental solid gold necklace. And I screamed as well. I screamed at him as well. I screamed at him, but obviously he ran away, you know, I was cutting him out and he ran away. But the thing that got me, yeah, is that it's not even like we were coming down the same street and he could have seen it and planned for it. It was literally, I was turning, I was turning the corner. So from when he 
clocked it, decided he wanted it, reached out and actually took it. It was genuinely like a two second period. That's okay. how like prolific it is over there. Um, you can't say no one warned you. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And do you know what? This is the thing as well. Because obviously, like, it was, it was like he didn't hurt us or anything. It was just like it was a material thing that he took, but it was from my body. So it did feel like a violation. Imagine once again, older sister, I had two minutes to be shook up myself because then all of these girls are there, like, <laughs> and then I had to, I had to spend the whole time, like, con like consoling them. I got mugged, but I'm consoling you lot. Bro. Yeah, the same thing happened to my sister in, in Brazil, but thankfully they weren't able to take the necklace. What but you know what? what an that's so embarrassing for them. I'm sorry, but yeah, this... no, that is that is. Yeah. is. But you know what though? Like the next day, because because now all the girls are like really worried. So now I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I should research safety a little bit. Um, and there's this one place that keeps coming up. Like, do not go to River Road. Do not go to River Road. Murder, kidnapping, rape, extortion. Uh, like crime stabbings all of these things uh, people like even kenyans don't go to river road even the daytime don't go to river road tell me why i google where we were and it was a 10 minute walk from river road no this is you've reminded me of my travel story now now i know what i want to talk about ridiculous mm. but the point the point was the point i was making was that even though i was really really upset um i wasn't that mad i couldn't even be mad at the guy because i'm like He's not done it for fun, do you know what I mean? Like, he's not done it to be abusive. He literally took it and ran away. He's obviously desperate. But then, do you know what, though? I got home and I took my jacket off and one part of the chain was still there. So he took, he ripped the nameplate, but the chain was there. And I was like, it's God. Because me, I was, it was obviously financially, like, it's, it costs a lot, but I was more upset at the sentimental value. So I'm like, I just get a new one made and it'll be a mix between old and new, so. Maybe he has a daughter called Halima. Which but I agree. that would be best case scenario. But yeah. I mean, we're gonna sell it and use it to like obviously have to live. So that's what I mean. Like I'm not that mad, obviously. You know. No, that River Road story though is reminding me now. I was I this this whole time I've been thinking in the back of my head like this is literally crazy. I have nothing to offer in like in comparison the top of my to head, this. Like I have more. I have more. Like I don't. Yeah. I can't even think. But the whole River Road thing um so my um my uncle has lived in miami for like the past like 20 30 years he went to uni there i think and then just stayed there it's all right for some um and my grandparents in 2015 um they moved from india to live with him there because like they were getting a bit old and the climate's similar and again all right for them like the only downside is obviously the healthcare system in america is not great at all um but at least they've got nice weather anyway um i actually didn't go to miami like until they moved there so i went for the first time in like 2016 um and i went by myself um so like i was like spending time with them but then i was just going around like going to the beach like just trying to do a bit of exploring that sort of thing so i i'd like looked up like what to do in um like miami basically and i was in that period of time where like i was like um just started uni and i was like um trying to educate myself on all these different kinds of social issues and i saw like there was the um, a museum for the first black 
um, police unit in Miami. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was like, oh, this is really, this, this looks really interesting. I'm going to go to this museum. So I got dropped off where I thought the museum was. Turns out it had changed location. So I had to walk from the, um, this one place to where the museum actually was. As I was walking around, I was I looking about. I, I think I have, uh, I'm going to tell again for the people yeah. anyway, but like I was walking around and it was like really like deserted, like there wasn't anyone around and I was like, why is there no one here? It was just like really deserted. I came across this one guy who like came up to me and he said something, but I could tell he was definitely on something. Like <laughs> and I was just a bit like, okay, this is a bit weird. And then I went to the museum, like, it was what it was, like, then afterwards went to get some food from this local place, and when I was in there, everyone was just looking at me like, what the F is this person doing here, like, why are they here? Um, So then after that, I decided I'm just going to get an Uber and go home. Afterwards, I was telling my uncle about where I went, I was literally like, yeah, I went to him old town to the museum and he was like literally why why did you go there it was literally like you know how like people always use the hood in passing that is yeah, that was literally yeah. the hood i had literally walked straight into it just wandering around like yeah. i'm actually yeah, so look and especially in america as well that guy that i walked past like i'm actually very yeah. lucky that like yeah like yeah but it's mad because like places even in the uk obviously you've got areas that are rougher than others but i wouldn't say we necessarily necessarily have that much territorial stuff in the sense that you cannot walk into there or that i would feel like okay i really shouldn't be walking here or certainly on the daytime at least but that was like mad yeah Yeah. that's that's honestly like i was i was saying as well because this a similar thing so like a similar thing happened when i was then in like johannesburg where Everywhere I go, I realize I just end up in ends. Like all of these countries, like I had, I, I was in like, I saw like d- dangerous areas. Um, and it was only because somehow, some way, I literally just always end up in ends. That's what but happens. It's, it's, a good, it's a nice experience to get to see like certain sides of a different country though, I guess. Born in ends, you end up um, automatically being drawn like a magnet back towards them. So long, I mean, the long no, like, sight in you. Ends out of the girl. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Well, no oh, travel stories. I know. I was about to say to round things off, Simran. Have you got anything to offer? <laughs> it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Nothing like that. Like we we broke into a man's apartment by accident in Budapest. We thought it was at the B and B. Poor thing woke up like terrified. There were like eight girls equally terrified on the other side of the door. Like. Um, is this the Airbnb? He's like down the corridor. We were like, no. That was probably like the only thing I can think that was similar because we were actually in the hood in Budapest. Like we were in some scary place. Because I don't know. We just didn't know where we were booking it. We just saw like cheap, looks nice. What we didn't realize is we'd actually booked it in the scariest part ever. Tell me why. Like when I was in Johannesburg, we went to get our nails done and we went to like, you know, like them ends, them hair salons and the nail shops in the ends, but that like, they're the really good ones, right? So we went to one and at first the nail, the nail artist, like he was like, um, yeah, you need cash. There's a cash machine down the road. And like, when you're in the area, you can tell like, mm, doesn't feel that safe here. Um, oh my God, I've got more stories, hang on. He was like, he was like, 
I was like, mm, does it feel that safe here? And then he was like, um, no, 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 it's safe, it's safe. You can go, you can go. So like we went, got the money, went back to get our nails done. Now when we're doing getting our nails done, he's telling me about how um, he literally died. He died. He got stabbed one time and he died. And then he came back to life and he showed me the stab wound and it was the maddest thing I've ever, it was the thickest, girthiest skull wound I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my God, where did that happen? He goes, oh, just the train station across the road. I was like, what? <laughs> Two hours ago, you told me this area was safe for me to go get money from myself. And then at the end of it, when our Uber came, he had to walk us to the Uber, even though it was just outside. You tricked us. And then this is another thing in Johannesburg. Um, when we, we actually had to move hotels in our first night, because where we were was a really, really, it, was, it ends, it was a really dodgy area. Um, it was basically, it was one of the areas that were like ends, but it's slightly being gentrified now. So that there are pockets of like development, but it's still very much ends. It's them ones, right? And tell me why there's a sign. Everywhere you go, there's signs like pickpocketing and stuff. Tell me why in the hotel there was a sign that says, we are not responsible for any injuries or death. <laughs> and that is, that's so like just if you die it's not on us you know mm -hmm. so like, why is it we are not responsible for, why will i die here my guy you tell what will happen to me for me to die here we caught we caught the first night we left we're like mm -mm, not staying there we were so shocked oh my I don't god blame you. yeah you wouldn't think that there's anything there that doesn't have a precedent so yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, clearly this is a pressing issue enough for them to put up a notice, uh, a disclaimer. Dearie me. But anyways, guys, all that to say, it's an enriching experience. It opens you up to new ways of thinking and living. So don't ever let that put you off. I'm all right, personally. I, oh. I'll, 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 I'll stay put. I, I don't want to put myself in any trouble. <laughs> I'm a scaredy girl. I'm not, I'm too, I'm the opposite, I'm too, I get in trouble all the time because I'm too fearless, like I, I will be walking around, like I live in Tottenham right now and I literally will be walking around like headphones in like at 2am by myself, not wondering, not, not giving a, um, uh, what's the word, what's a good word that I can use here, not giving a, a damn, am I allowed to say damn? Well, yeah. Damn. <laughs> not caring. Let me just say that. Not caring, basically. Um, I do it all the time. It's really, really bad. It's on you then. <laughs> no, it is. But in my head, I'm invincible. I'm invincible. I just think who is... And alhamdulillah, like, no one really... I don't really get weird into... I think people look at me and think, like, yeah, like... Apparently, I'm quite... I look intimidating. So people don't really tend to mess with me. You know, like, when I was in second year at uni, I lived in Cov City Centre... I don't know if you guys know about Cov, but Cov Coventry has like one of the highest rates of crime in oh. in the in the country. I was gonna say the world in the country. Like, even where I live, even where I live, I live right in the city centre, even where I live, there was burglaries all the time. Even in my like own Cov. building, even in my own building, there were burglaries all the time. Tell me why I basically ended up living by myself that year because my flatmate like kind of basically moved in with her boyfriend. I didn't have a phone for seven months. I would get home past midnight every single day without a phone. I'll just be walking around by myself, walking home, not a single care in the world. I thought these streets are mine. What is anyone going to do to me? That's how I think. It's crazy to say that when you're not from the place. But if you look like you're from there or you're just like a local, no one's going to mess with you. Like, if you look um, like a uni student, 
then people are going to notice and maybe heckle you a bit. It's true that they're less likely, but I wouldn't go... I don't think we should go around no, saying no, that. Bad. Yeah. Basically, especially if you're a woman, don't be like me. Take your precautions. Don't be unsafe. On that note, um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Mango Masala and especially listening to how not to act when travelling. I think that's the sentiment to take from this. Probably, probably, yeah, yeah. Don't be as fearless as me. It makes for good TV, but probably not a good idea to put into practice. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.